Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I want to say to those that are viewing by live stream, uh, we want to thank you for your giving as well. Uh, God's not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. And uh, we want to say thank you. Thank you for everyone here uh, for your giving uh, from this aspect of advancing this ministry. Second of all, God, well, Jesus wants to say thank you for trusting Him and worshiping Him with your tithes and offerings. Amen. And so, Zona and I want to thank you along with him. And the way God thanks you is he keeps his word to you. All right? Glory to God. Now, if you do, before we, I, I got to give you a couple of announcements. All right? Just hang, 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 hang on a minute. This next Sunday is Christmas Sunday. And we want you to invest time with your family. If you, not very many in your house, we'll invest with those that are in your house, all right? Uh, just invest time with them. And worship God. You can worship God, all right? I, turn off all the argument. Okay? Don't try to straighten each other out. Worship God. Everybody say, worship God. Worship God. That Jesus came into the earth. But this Wednesday is going to be our Sunday morning service, and we're going to celebrate Christmas this Wednesday at 7 p.m., okay? So there will be no Thursday morning Bible study, all right? You got that down? So the plan of this week is Wednesday is going to be our next Sunday morning service, and it's going to be our Christmas worship service, and no Thursday morning Bible study this week. All right? Everybody got that? All right. Now, we're going to let the youth be dismissed after this. All right? So, if you do this right, if you do this right, this is a test. I want to prove it. All right? If you do this right, you get to sit down while I, while I preach. If you don't do it right, I get to sit down and you get to stand up. All right, you ready? Let's, the Bible tells us to give the Lord a shout with a voice of triumph. I want you right now to exercise your lungs. This is more important than the Dallas Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. This is more, listen carefully, this is more important than the San Antonio Spurs winning, you know, the NBA championship. This is more important. None of those things change your life. But Jesus brought victory to your life. So let's give him a shout of praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You're good. And your mercies are new today. We praise you. We bless you. Holy is your name. You're the one that is and is to come. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
You know what I find out what you need to do when you're a little chilled? It's a little chilly outside. And I find out that people get a little... Well, if you start making the blood flow, you won't be as cold. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, we're going to dismiss the youth, our 180 right now, so they can go into their small groups. And we thank God for them. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. You did a, a pretty good job, so I'm going to stand. And this today, I will speak only one and a half hours instead of two. All right. All right. Praise God. God's good. We've invested this whole month on talking about and teaching and preaching on the I Am. And I, I want to say this to you. Today, are you ready for revelation knowledge? Your life is going to turn for the glory of God when you get revelation knowledge. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, and upon this rock, not talking about Peter, but upon this rock of revelation that comes from the Father, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, if the gates of hell are prevailing against you in some area, maybe you need a revelation of who Jesus is in that area. Are you following me? And Jesus said that he was going to build his church. He's going to build us up. Everybody say, build us up. Jesus doesn't come to run you down. He doesn't come to condemn you. He may convict you, but he doesn't condemn you. Everybody say condemn. Amen. Condemn means to confine you to where you're at. Jesus come to set us free. We, have, we sang that song that he's come to set us free and we're free indeed. Well, Jesus, can, and he does it through revelation knowledge. The reason why you confess Jesus as your Savior is you had revelation knowledge that He's your Savior. When you receive that revelation knowledge now, it frees you from the confines and the condemnation to stay in that wretched place where sin dominates you. But you, it, it's, that's the beginning stages because there's a whole... You're going, to, you're going to invest your whole eternity knowing God. That's how big He is. That's how wonderful He is. That's His nature, His character. You're going to be discovering through revelation. And it builds you up. It builds you up. Today, if you'll receive revelation knowledge on, on the direction of the Holy Spirit... It's going to build you up and redirect your life. Amen? Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you want that? Yes. Say, I'm about to receive it. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Go with me, if you would, to the book of uh, Exodus. By the way, this subject matter is something that God has been telling me for probably two or three years, maybe a little bit longer, that we're going to have to, I told Zona she's going to have to teach on it, uh, this subject of I am. When you get this, you're going to understand that present tense 
present tense is what God reveals. He reveals present tense. We've talked about that. So in, uh, in the book of uh, Exodus chapter 3, and we'll read verses uh, 14 and 15. Moses is being called out to by God through the burning bush. And he says, I'm going to lead, I'm going to want you to go back and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt or out of bondage. Out of bondage. Alright? Now listen. Pay attention. You can be on your way to heaven and be in bondage. How many of you ever been in financial bondage? It's called debt. The rest of y'all have never been there. You're lying like a dog. You live in America because this is a debt society. Okay? Debt is bondage. Okay? How many of you have ever uh, been in bondage to sickness? How many of you have ever been in bondage... Listen carefully, shake up, I'm going to shake you up, and your family somewhere. Some people think their marriage is a bondage. Ball and chain. I didn't say that was me. I said some people. Okay? Zona's a blessing to me. Okay? Even sometimes when I don't like the blessing. But she's a blessing to me, all right? Uh... You can be in bondage with internal conflict, fear and doubt. All of those things are bondages. It takes revelation knowledge to break through that gate to set you free in that area. Revelation knowledge. That's why we're investing our time on the I am. It's in the now season. When do you live? You don't live yesterday. Quit reliving it. You don't live tomorrow. You live today. And your today predicts your tomorrow. So the I am. And so Moses says, well, and God said unto Moses, he, he says, who am I? Moses said, who am I going to say sent me? And Mo, God said unto Moses, verse 14, I am that I am. Okay? And he said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you, and this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So that means the generation that we live in. Okay? The generation that we live in. Now it's sad to say that a lot of Christians that have received Him as Savior have not, have not had the revelation of the I Am. All they're concerned about, they think that this is about, is securing their future after they leave their body. And in reality, that is not true. In fact, heaven has never been God's goal. The place, the planet heaven, has never been God's goal for the plan of salvation. 
The plan of salvation is to, for you to know God. The whole purpose of why Jesus went to the cross is to pay for your sin so you could go into the presence of, of the Almighty and know Him without that sin nature in you. Why? Because if you appear before a holy God and you are unholy, guess who is going to leave? Okay? The whole purpose of salvation is to get you access to the Father without sin consciousness. Without condemnation. Alright? And this is to all generations. Now, go with me real quickly uh, to chapter 6. These are just theme verses. We're going to spend most of our time in Genesis chapter number 22. But I want you to get this. These are verses we went over. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. That word, the Lord there, that phrase, the Lord, is the word Jehovah that we use. It's, it's written in the English translation, Jehovah. Okay? Now, he said, I am Jehovah. Now, what does the word Jehovah mean? We're going to get into that in just a second. And he says, I am the Lord, and I appeared unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but my name, Jehovah, was not known unto them. So there are different uh, names. All the names that God reveals to us is to reveal His nature, His character. And based out of his nature and his character determines what he's going to do in this generation. Are you following that? Everybody with that? Okay. So it reveals your character and your nature predicts or de declares what you will do in any given situation. For example, if you're a scoundrel, cutthroat, that is who you are then guess what? That is going to predict and describe what you're going to do in any pressure, pressure moment. You're going to be a cutthroat and a scoundrel in that situation. Are you following me? So, when God reveals His name, He's revealing a character. Now, watch this carefully. John chapter 8. I'm going back over these, these key verses for a reason. This is the these are foundational. John chapter number 8, and we'll look at verse 58. All right, look at this. And Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was... I am. Before Abraham ever existed, Jesus, God Almighty, in the office of the Holy, uh, in the office of the Son, was present with the Holy Spirit and with the office of the Father in the beginning called Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim. He included all three offices 
when he created the heavens and the earth. Did you know that the Father, listen carefully, created everything in the beginning through Jesus, the Son? The Scriptures declare that. So, Jesus is saying, I'm part of the Godhead. But they, they were upset with him for making the statement that I am. And they picked up stones to stone him. Now, the word Jehovah that is mentioned in the book of Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, the word Jehovah has reference to the word Lord in the King James. Everybody say Lord. Lord. So when you see the word Lord, what are you referring to? The word Jehovah in the King James. Everybody with that? That's important. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is what? Lord. Okay. Now you're going to have Jehovah Witnesses that are going to say no. Okay. In fact, they don't even believe Jesus. They believe He is a Son of God, but they don't believe He is the Son of God. All right? Now watch carefully. When he refers to Jehovah the Lord, how many times, you go look, at the, go look this up in your Bible studies, how many times does the word Lord appear from here on out? The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. It refers to Jehovah, which is, in, is translated, or how would I say the word Jehovah means out of our King James, the eternal, change, changeless God. So he's the eternal one. He's the one that was, that is, and is to come. In fact, what he's saying is I'm outside of time. I see the beginning and I see the end simultaneously and everything in between. He's outside of time. He is the eternal self-existing one. But it not only refers to that, it refers to the fact that he is changeless. He cannot change. The way he is in the beginning is the way he is in the middle and is the way he is at the end. Okay? So it is impossible, listen carefully, it is impossible for God to have revealed himself to Abraham as almighty and not reveal himself to us in this generation as almighty. It's impossible for God to reveal himself to Moses as the I am, Jehovah, and not reveal it to us in this generation. What did we read? This will be to all, including ours. Everybody here? Okay. So the word Lord or Jehovah means the eternal, self-existing, changeless God. Okay? So what God did for one in the Old Testament or thousands of years ago, He will do for you in this generation. Is God the just judge? Is He? 
Well, boy, you are a little slow on that. Then you need a revelation. We're going to get to that. He is the just judge. Listen carefully. Did he judge Sodom and Gomorrah righteously? Yes or no? Do you not think that he would judge our generation righteously? Yes or no? Some Christians say, well, no, now, after all, we live by, by grace. We're not under the law. No, God deals with lawlessness the same way in Genesis as he does in Revelation. Go read it. To all generations. Y'all still love Jesus. All right, you're about to get excited. I know you are. Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to take you right now to where we're going to look at where God revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Now remember, the eternal, self-existing, changeless one, the Lord... On the beginning of that phrase, Jehovah, the next part of it, Jireh, means the Lord provides. The eternal, self-existing one who changes not will provide. Everybody say, will provide. Will provide. Now, I want you to look at me. Pay attention. You, I know you're writing notes. You're going to write a lot of notes before it's over with. But I want you to listen. You that are viewing by live stream, pay attention. Look at me. Before this thing's over, you're going to need a revelation that God provides and not the U.S. government. Now, He may use them temporarily but they are not the all-sufficient one, El Shaddai, that we went over Wednesday night. God is the all-sufficient one. El Shaddai, He doesn't run short. In fact, He causes us to, listen carefully, to prosper and be fruitful, exceedingly blessed, even during a time of drought, like Isaac did when he sold in a time of drought and received a hundredfold return. Now listen very carefully. I'm not just talking about money. You're missing it if you think I'm talking about money. When you don't know what to do and your head's rattling around with conflicting thoughts... The all-sufficient one has the right kind of thoughts to get your head straightened out. Amen. Okay? He will provide. Everybody say, He will provide. The, the Lord, it not only means the word Jehovah Jireh, Jireh not only means the Lord will provide. Watch this. It says... It means I, the eternal self-existing one that changes not, 
I will provide or see to it. I'll see to it. Glory to God. It means I shall be seen. Now I want you to look at this and listen carefully to this next portion. We're going to read here in just a minute. God sees ahead and will make provision for the moment ahead. He makes it for now, but he's going to look ahead and he's going to have provision for that moment. You live in the now moment, so God has made provision for now. But in the future, God looks ahead. Everybody say, God looks ahead. Why does he do? Because he's the beginning and the end. Now I want you to remember this. Write this word down. Because we're going to divide it before it's over with. God will make pro, pro, pro vision. Pro vision. Pro vision. Without a vision... God's people perish. I think it's the Amplified says, without redemptive revelations, God's people are cut off. Without a vision. God is pro-vision. Now how do, we, how do we see? We see by faith in His promise. I'm setting you up now. God is not division. God is not division. The devil is division. The reason why God's people can't work together is because there is division. But God is provision. Where do you get the vision? You get it from God's Word and it brings revelation. Revelation is the opening up of your understanding. Ah, oh, I get it now. Y'all love Jesus. All right, Genesis chapter 22. Now I want you to get, I, gotta get, I do have to give you a little preference. God promised Abraham at 75 that he's going to give him a promised son between him and Sarai. God in Genesis chapter 15 changes Abraham's name, or chapter 18 changes Abraham's name. He's now 99 years old. Sarah's 89 years old. For 24 years, they've heard this promise. But it wasn't until there was a change. Everybody say a change. Change. And God made a covenant with Abram that day and changed his name from Abram to Abraham. From this time forth, listen carefully, from this time forth, your name shall be called father of a great multitude. And they hadn't had no child between him and Sarah yet. 24 years passed. They're 99, he's 99, she's 89. God makes a covenant. And God says in this covenant, one year, one year, everybody say one year, glory one to God. Year. 
One year, the Almighty, <laughs> the All-Sufficient One, El Shaddai, if you would, is going to give you a child with Sarah. No evidence, but a promise. You'd think now if it was going to happen after 24 years, it would already happen. But it didn't happen. They had this child, and now it's Abraham is not 99. He's approximately 120. He's been following God for 50 years at least. He's approximately 120. Isaac has been born. He's probably in his late teens, maybe, maybe his early 20s, somewhere in there. And God says, verse 20, chapter 22, verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abram. That's the way it says it in the uh, uh, King James. But the word tempt means prove. Everybody say prove. prove. You know your faith has to be proven. Turn to your neighbor and say, The first part of a testimony is a test. Everybody says, I want my testimony. Well, then you got to have a test. <laughs> Your testimony is the Word of God. Because it's been proven. And so God was going to prove Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of of Moriah. Now I want to stop here just a minute because this land of Moriah, it was a mountain range. It's a mountain range. And God said, uh, told him to go there. And this phrase, Mount um, Moriah, means chosen by Jehovah or chosen by the self-existing eternal God who changes not. Okay? God chose this place. And he says, this mountain, is on the, this, this mountain range is on the eastern edge of Jerusalem on which Solomon built the temple hundreds of years later. So there's something about this mountain range. We're going to find out about it. All right. And he says, offer there a burnt offering upon the one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abram, Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him, Isaac his son, and clave the word, wood for burnt offering and rose up and went into the place which God call, uh, told him. <laughs> Glory to God. Then on the third day, Abram, Abraham lifted up his eyes. You know, sometimes you got to lift, you need to be lifting up your eyes out of all the commotion that's going on in our generation. And he saw the place afar off. He saw it out there. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide here with the ass. Now watch this phrase. Underline these things. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. 
Now, what did God tell Abraham to do, Abraham to do with Isaac? We already read it. He said, you're going to go to Mount Moriah and you're going to offer him there as a sacrifice, your son, your only son. But now, Abraham is making a statement. He said, I and Isaac are going to go up there, we're going to worship, and we're going to come back again. We're coming back. Do you know what? Well, he already knew in his heart. He believed God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Watch verse number 8. This is very... Very important verse, and I love it the way it puts it in the King James. It's probably not put like this in any other translation, but the King James, I love this phrase. Watch carefully and listen attentively. He said, Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Now listen carefully to what it says. I want to read that one more time. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. Now what is that? What's the difference? Well, some people could say, well, God is saying I'm going to provide a lamb for the sacrifice. But that's not the way it says it in King James, which to me is more accurate. God is making a statement. Remember, he's the God that doesn't change. Okay? A specific mountain that he's dealing with, that God chose. We're going to find out why he chose it here in a minute. You're going to offer up your only son. Some of y'all about to get a clue. Your only son. He says, God himself... God himself will provide a lamb. God himself will become the lamb. Woo! I'm going to shout for all of y'all that are real quiet. I know I'm provoking your thoughts right now. And so they went both of them together and they came to the place which God told him of. Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, take the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know, I, I proved in, intimately, I know intimately now, not figuratively in the sense of, how many of you say, how many of you ever 
How many of you know Donald Trump? No, you don't. You know of him. You don't know Donald Trump. You know of him. But we say we know him. And God is saying, here, now I know. This word know here means intimately. I don't know about you, Ronnie. I know you. Are you listening? Pay attention. Hidden or in this word Jehovah Jireh, this name or this, this is the nature and the character of God Almighty. And we're to know it in all generations, right? Y'all still with me? I know I'm teaching you something, but most people won't take the time to go through what we're going to do, deal with today. <clears throat> and he said, Lay not thy hand upon, uh, on the lad, neither do anything uh, unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, here's the phrase again, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. Everybody say, you got to lift up your eyes. Get it out of the confusion of our generation. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Start thinking in another realm. And he lifted up his eyes and looked and be, behold behind him. I want you to get that phrase. Behind Abraham. Remember before Abraham was, I am behind him. According to God. A ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Abraham went out and took the ram offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now stop, and I want, you to, I want to talk about this verse for just a moment. Abraham looked up his eyes behind him. Book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before Abraham was, Jesus was already the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. That's why he had to look behind him. Are you following this? You, you, I, I, I know you say, Pastor Ronnie, what has this got to do with my now? I'm going to show you in just a minute. This was Abraham's now. He had to look behind him. Jesus hadn't even been sacrificed yet in the future. But he looked behind him. Why? Because God, the eternal one, self-existing one, the unchangeable God from the very foundation of the world established the end from the beginning. And it doesn't change because we got a modern generation. Glory to God. This ram, notice what this, was caught in a thicket by 
his horns. Now, you know what a thicket is, don't you? A thicket is a bunch of brambled, uh, uh, brush-like situation. Doesn't that sound like a confused world? <laughs> horns represent power. Jesus came down here and brought his power to be caught into our mess. Are you here? I'm provoking you to think. Oh, man. I'm having to slow down. And Abram went and took the ram, offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Now, I want you to get this. I want you to get this because we're going to look here in Hebrews in just a minute for three different verses. Here's what most people have no concept of. God gave man the authority on earth. People ask, why does, if God is all sovereign... Why doesn't he just change everybody's decision? Because he gave you the authority to make choices. Are you following? Now I'm going to be real specific here, so pay close attention. God can do nothing in your life unless you give him permission. The world's in a mess because they haven't invited God into their life. Gee, listen carefully. Listen to Jesus' own, Jesus own words. If you think I'm crazy, listen. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. If any man will open the door, I will come in and sup with him. If God is all-powerful, why does he stand at the door and knock? Because he wants you to give him permission to come in. You say, what has this got to do with the story here? Because I want you to get this. God is saying, through Abraham, he's called our father of faith. I cannot offer my son if you won't offer your son. If you will offer your son, it gives me permission to offer my son. Woo, man, I know some of you, your head's rattling right now. Because you never heard anything like this. Anything that you won't dedicate to God, God can't do nothing about. Now, He wants to, and He'll, he'll, he'll invest trying to get you to be convicted so you will do it, so it will open up the door for you to walk through. You follow? I'm going to put it another way. 
When God wants you to let, to open the door so He can walk through. God's standing at the door knocking on America's door. Half the population has no understanding what's going on. And God's standing at the door in America knocking on the door. Let me in, America. Too, far, too long Christians have thought that it all, all of our beliefs should stay inside the church when in reality your beliefs should affect every aspect of your life. And a lot of Christians have emotional belief versus word belief. You know what emotional belief is? We're going to come together and get all hyped up. We go outside when we're by ourselves, and guess what? We forget what we believed. God is saying, not, no, no longer I'm going to tolerate that. I'm saying to the church, you're either going to be a believer or you're going to be a doubter. You're either on the right hand or you're on the left. Make a decision. And if you'll make the decision, let me in, I'll change everything for you. You get to reading in the book of Revelation and you're going to find out even after all the horrible curses God already told us that some of them still won't believe. Go read it. 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th chapter of Revelation. You're going to find out God says after all these things they still won't believe. Man, turn your neighbor and say it's getting thick. Get back to the good stuff, Pastor Ronnie. Now listen carefully. After this, verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, in the mount of the Lord, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. It was seen for Isaac. It was seen for Jesus. Now listen carefully. Pay attention. That's the same mountain. The same mount where Jesus was crucified. God chose it from the foundation of the world. By the way, Solomon built a temple there hundreds of years later because God chose that place. I want you to pay close attention now. Pay close attention. He's the same. Say it with me. Yesterday. Today and forever. He looks at the beginning and he looks at the end at the beginning. Right now, it looks like they are already starting to build 
the temple. Right there where that golden dome is at. If you check out the end times, you're going to find out when they start building the temple, a red heifer has been shown up. This had to be a spotless one. You're going to find out when there's activity around that temple mount, that represents we're approaching the quick return. You're living in some days. You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, what does it got to do with me? You need to recognize the day you're living in. Watch this. The Lord shall be seen. The Lord was seen during, Abra during Abraham and Isaac. He was seen during Solomon. He was seen at the crucifixion of Jesus. And he's being seen, listen carefully, at the return. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. This is what he said. And said, By myself have I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, the sands which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Glory to God. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto, uh, 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 unto his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. Stay with me now. And Abraham dwelt. Where did he dwell? Beersheba means the well of an oath. God says, I swore by myself in my covenant to you. Now why did God swear by himself? So that we wouldn't mess it up. You go back to Genesis chapter 18 when God made a covenant with Abraham. He didn't say, Abraham, you and I are going to make a covenant. That's not what he said. He said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God will provide. Now, I want to wrap this up and see, help you to see Wow. Let me go ahead and get this to you. Hebrews 11. You say, Pastor Ronnie, why are you going to... Because some of y'all are far behind. Turn to your neighbor and say, get caught up. My sermons will be shorter. Hebrews 11. This is too worth it. Listen, what I'm giving you is years of revelation. And you've got, we, this generation's got to be caught up. God's, God's doing some stuff. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19. By faith, we, we look by faith. We, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. So in other words, we learn how to see by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried or proved, Genesis 22... 
offered up Isaac, and when he had received the promise, promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Counting that God, watch this, Abraham counting God, that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also God received him, Isaac, and Abraham in a figure. I want to emphasize that word figure for just a moment. The word figure means in the likeness of. So God was receiving this in the likeness of a man on earth so that the God of heaven could bring his son down and actually do this. Okay? It also means that word figure means a faith vision. Everybody say faith vision. In other words, I'm seeing by faith. I'm seeing by faith. Now what does this have to do with anything? Here's the problem. Pastor Zona mentioned this Thursday morning. Go back and listen to it. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I like to say it this way. Jesus is the way to the truth, which is the life. Pastor Zona mentioned talking about Moses making all of his excuses to the I am. And she made a statement. Excuses gets in the way of you finding the truth which is going to affect your life. What does human reasoning do? Make excuses. Human reasoning gets in the way. Oh, why you can't do this, why you can't have that, why you shouldn't do this because you... And, and go look at it. Gideon, Gideon, the angel of the Lord shows up. And he calls him a uh, man of valor. And Gideon says, you surely can't be talking about me. God is saying to this generation, get rid of your excuses. I'm doing something in your generation I am revealing myself to this generation. Get rid of your excuses because it's getting in the way of you finding the truth which is affecting the way you live. Are you following that? Now, in the book of Psalms 37 says, commit Thy way unto the Lord. Commit what? Do you know that that phrase commit there means row your way on to the Lord. And it goes on to say, and he shall bring it to pass. And you say, Pastor Ronnie, what are you trying to deal with? This is what I'm trying to deal with. For decades... People that call themselves Christian have done their own thing, went their own way, and would only show up to church to hear the Word of God, to try to get God to bless their way. 
And God says, my ways, she's already read it, Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. You know the number one problem with fallen human nature? It fights surrender to God. God, I want you to think through me. I want you to talk through me. I want you to walk through me. I want you to live through me. The same way Jesus did when he said, whatever I see my father do, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever I hear my father say, that's what I'm going to say. In other words, he was totally surrendered to the way of the Father. Are you following that? Most people, because fallen human nature, is afraid that they're going to have to give up something. Question. Anytime you give something up to God, he gives your good, your good or your best to Him. He turns around and gives His best to you. I want to help you with something. I want to deal with this for just a moment. For years, when I was a young man, younger young man, I'm just a young man now, I never, I, I, I love God, I do chores around here to church, like mowing the grass, didn't even mind mopping the floors, anything that I could do to support, but I never wanted to pastor, I never wanted to teach, I never wanted to public speak, never, ever. My desire was that I wanted to be a businessman. But God interrupted my way. And I had to sacrifice it. I'm glad I sacrificed. That was a sacred cow that needed to die. <laughs> I am convinced that I had my way, my life would be ruined. But I rode my way on the Lord. I let Him begin to take a hold of my desires. And the reason why He did that is because I loved God. I didn't understand it. Fallen human nature was trying to get me to go another way. Because I sacrificed that, God says, now I'm going to give you the best. I'm going to give you a high calling. It's going to go beyond anything you could ask or think. I get the privilege of sharing truths with you today, revelation knowledge, that I wouldn't have been able to had I had my own way. Now, does that mean everybody in here is going to be a public speaker? No. What that means is, surrender to God. He's got the best for you. Now, listen carefully to this last part. Remember that the Lord provides, and He will see to it. Your blessing is not trying to do your own thing and trying to manipulate God to bless what you're doing. 
where the blessing is at is finding out what God wants you to do and do it. Are you following me? In fact, your provision is in His vision for your life. Now, listen to what I just said. His provision is in His vision for your life. And it's always pro. It's never D. Glory to God. I'm just letting that, let that resonate for a minute. If you want to know where your provision is at, God makes provision because He sees your way that He's mapped out for you at the beginning, he sees the end of it. Don't take a rabbit trail or a detour. Stay in the way. Roll that way up on him and he'll bring it to pass because he'll have a provision. He is saying to you, I am a, a pro of you fulfilling my vision for your life. If you listen to your fallen human nature, division, you're going to divide your vision from God. And you're going to try to do it your way. And guess what? Your way is not promised to be fulfilled or have provision for. You mean to tell me that Abraham... didn't have a battle with his flesh about having to offer his only son? It took God nearly 50, it took God 50 years to move Abraham to where Abraham says, everything I've got came from you. Everything I've got. It took a while for God to prove himself to Abraham so that Abraham would be willing to prove himself to God. Everything I got came from you. You want Isaac? I'll take care of it. Because I know that your promise is true. You gave me, gave him to me, and you will raise him from the dead if necessary. But you're the one that said, in the covenant, you're, that you were going to bless Isaac and he was going to be my seed. One last thing. I find in order for dreams to come to pass, you ever heard of dream seeds? In order for dreams to come to pass, you've got to let it leave your hand and fall into the ground and die. I'm saying something to somebody right now. You got all these kind of dreams, you imaginations? You got to let them leave your hand and die by offering them up to the Lord. Plant them as seed. God, if you put this in my heart, I, I give it to you. Are you hearing? You better, you better let the Holy Spirit do some work on you right now.
Because God is looking for people that are willing to lay down their life so that they might receive their life. He's not looking for people that want to do their own thing that are acting like a bunch of renegades. I know this is serious. But if you want provision, then you got to let God give the vision. See, God, God is not, He never promised to give you and take care of your vision if you don't give it to Him to where He can give the vision. He never said you... You can go ahead and do anything you want to do. We, we, we train our kids and we make statements like, well, you can just do anything you want to do. That's the trouble. We let them do whatever they want to do. And when they don't get their way, they fall on the floor and act like a spoiled brat. We can't teach them. Listen carefully. We cannot teach them that kind of nonsense that the world teaches. One of the names of God is Adonai. I hope I pronounced it right. Adonai. You know what that means? That means owner or possessor. If God is your Adonai, that means He owns you and possesses you. And that's the fear that we have. I want to be in control. Well, look at where that's got us. People want to be in control of their life and people right now want to marry beasts. Can't even tell what sex they are. You don't think that fallen human nature can't get a hold of you and cause you to reason yourself right out of the will of God? He will. Glory to God. But the good news is, if you get in the will of God, you're under the spout where the glory comes out. And God will make provision. Even during tough times, He's already got a provision made for you. It's already worked out. Get in the way of following His plans for your life. Don't, listen carefully, don't make excuses. Everybody say excuses. Listen, listen, when the great Jesus told this parable, he said, this man was going to have a big, big supper. And he said, go out and invite all my friends. And all the friends made all kinds of excuses. So, well, you know, I got married this week and I got to take care of my wife. Or I bought a piece of land and I've got to go look at it. You can look at that land anywhere, anytime. We're talking about a big celebration. They made all kinds of excuses. And the, the, the Lord of that great celebration was kind of upset. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm being nice. Okay? And he says, go out there in the highways and hedges. Bring the halt, the lame, the maimed. You bring, you bring all the despicable if necessary. But my house is going to be full and we're going to celebrate. 
Here's the point. Many times we've let fallen human nature make excuses on why we shouldn't obey God. Then we wonder, where's the truth? I can't see. I, I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. Well, you made an excuse not to obey God a while back. You deviated. Now you took a, a side road and now you're away, 100 miles away from God, but you never intended that. You didn't intend that, but you let that fallen human nature reason you into an excuse. You know what some excuses are with God's people? They don't want to be trained. Because training requires discipline. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about everybody that's not here. <laughs> I just thought I'd give you a little relief. <laughs> Now listen, always remember this, and we're going to pray. Always remember this. Before I preach anything to you, God's already talked to me. God is saying to us, get our house in order, find out what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do, and quit making excuses not to do it. Shout me down. Because it's always got a provision. He's got a provision when you, it triggers the provision. When you do, when you go in what God wants done, it triggers the provision. Father, I thank you right now. Glory to God. We consecrate ourselves to you. Lord, we're closing out a year. I'm going to wind up going into a new year. We need revelation knowledge of who you are. The Lord, our provider. Help us to close out this year turning to you and giving everything in our life to you. so that we can find your vision. Give us vision of what you want us to do. Help us to look by faith. And Lord, give us the spiritual fortitude to deny the excuses of the flesh. So that we can walk in your provision. Fulfill our destiny that was determined from the foundation of the world. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that, Father. There's some people here, here in the auditorium, but also viewing by live stream. You've had some desires, but you've got and those desires, some of those desires came from God, but you've got your, your human reasoning in the way. And now you're tr trying to fulfill a desire that God gave you that He must provide for. 
And he's saying, he's saying to somebody, get your human flesh out of the way and just take him at his word. Just take him at his word. Let him fulfill it. But you believe it and follow, listen carefully, his instructions to the T. Not generally, to the T. Do exactly what he says do. And if he says do nothing, then you stop and wait until he says do something. And when you do, you're going to trigger the provision to bring that vision to come to pass. That desire. For when you commit, row your way on the Lord, He will bring it to pass. But that's going to take total surrender to, from you, from me, for God to do so. It's going to be real trust, not emotional believing, but true word believing. Glory be to God. Now, Father, I thank you right now. We've heard instructions from you. You're the great provider. You've got a vision for every one of us. It's an eternal vision been established from the foundation of the world. You saw our time. You brought us into the earth for such a time as this. And Father, as we acknowledge you, give ourselves over to you, roll our way over on you, you're going to bring all of this to pass in our lives. We won't have to look back with regret, but we'll look forward to the well done good and faithful. Now, Father, I thank you right now. Glory to God. There is provision for healing. There is provision for supply. There's vision. There's provision for peace. There's provision for joy. There is provision for wisdom. There is provision because you belong to him. His precious blood purchased you out of the condemnation of fallen nature. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you right now for giving witness to the words that we've heard through your healing virtue. Jesus, you were our provision of salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that you followed the vision the Father had for you. You provided healing for us. Where we've messed up, you provided forgiveness 
You've provided all these things so that your vision would be fulfilled in our lives. You see what we can't see. Open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to believe your word and not just have open, I mean, uh, uh, not just have emotional hype and mistake that for believing. Now, Holy Spirit, you're doing, you're doing a rooted work today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and thanksgiving. Now, Lord, if there's anyone in the sound of my voice that doesn't really know you or has been away from you, I thank you that you draw them by your spirit. I thank you, Father, that they will come to the knowledge of the truth in order for them to have the, your life. Devil, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of ignorance, neglect, doubt and unbelief. Command you to leave the authority of the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. I want you just to take 30 seconds right now and give him some kind of thanksgiving. If he corrected you, thank him for it. If he instructed you, thank him for it. If he encouraged you, thank him for it. Lord, we thank you that you are our provider. Glory be to God. Now, Father, we leave this place today. We thank you that your grace would surround us like a shield, follow us wherever we go. We thank you, Father God, right now that we can hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. Father, we thank you that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus to use, which we invoke. We declare in the name of Jesus there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, I thank you that you fill us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives, your love would ooze out of us as we touch those that we come in contact with. And Father, that love would reveal to them the truth of the gospel. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.